0: Tonight to drag the past
1: out into the light. We're one but we're not the same. We get to carry each other.
0: Carry each other. Hi everyone. We're here again, Chit Chat Cafe. <laughs> Hello. Um so yeah, welcome. Um I'm Carolyn Ball from the Good Mental Health Co-op and joined today with uh, by Sarah Haskett who's also from the Good Mental Health Co-op and Creative Mental Health and Bryony Wildblood who is a facilitator of a fascinating course that uh, is starting in a week's time. Um, so Bryony, can I just ask you to say something about your background and how you've come to put on a course with the fascinating
2: title Dead Curious. Yes, thanks Carolyn. Um, <laughs> I think partly because I have always been dead curious right from being young. Um, <laughs> my sister used to <laughs> hang around at cemeteries and things like that and um, lots of conversations um, with my family about death and dying always fascinated me but I think a really formative experienced me was my grandma's funeral. Um, And she died when I was 15. And it was very sudden and very shocking. And we just weren't prepared for it at all as a family. And we were devastated. And um, for me, my personal experience of a funeral wasn't a positive one. It felt very rushed. We were rushed through, we were leaving the chapel, people were coming in behind us. And I think from that point on, I thought there's got to be a different way of working with this. There's got to be a different way of working with funerals. There's got to be a different way of somehow preparing and and readying ourselves for um, the reality that we're gonna lose people in our lives. Um, And I think a lot of different paths in my life led up to the point of me training as an interfaith minister. Um, I've also trained as a funeral celebrant, but it was really the interfaith training that helped me um, bring the work that I want to do into the world. Um, and I also, as um, having been ordained as an interfaith minister, started working as a hospice chaplain, um, an interfaith minister in the hospice. Um, so working alongside people, um, individuals and their families um, as they were approaching death. Um, and just really listening to what's important to people at that point and what supports them and what helps yeah. them. And realizing that actually, we, could, we all need to be doing this work um, now, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really
1: fascinating, and and to to hear you talk about kind of how that started when you were really young. Um, and for we've got a couple of people watching on the stream. Um, Emmett said good morning over on um, Twitter. Um, I, I, you know, I want to open this up if anyone's got any questions um, uh, to to just write them in the chat and let us know that you're there. And today is, we're talking about. This um, really unique course um, that Brian is leading, and I find it quite touching. I find that you know the subject is is it's very emotive, um, and it's so important, and it's something that we we don't talk about. You know, we're we're very shy to talk about death and and the fact, that, but it happens to everyone. You know, we we all it happens to us all in the end and we're all touched by it at some point. So, um, yeah, it's really, really, I feel the passion about it. Um, I mean, it's, it's really so interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a bit about kind of how, how is the
2: course going to evolve over cause it's a five week course, isn't it? Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Five weeks. So, it's five live Zoom sessions, um, and then there's a fortnight between each session, which was really um, to give people space to digest what comes up in the sessions mm-hmm. um, and time to reflect as well. So, there's a lot of um, sort of what I call self directed learning as part of this course because it's really about getting to know ourselves. Um, I find that often in this work, people people don't want to have these conversations until they're, until they're faced with it. Sometimes that's when it's most difficult to have these conversations. Um, and I think I also believe that, you know, a lot of people come to me because they want to facil- facilitate conversations with their loved ones, with their parents, or their grandparents or, or partners, or people in their life who have got life limiting illnesses or who are, who are dying. Um, and it's how do you begin those conversations? And, and I really believe that we need to do the work on ourselves. we want to have those conversations if we expect other people to go to those difficult places and the places of grief um Mm. and the places that feel shadowy and dark to us we need to be prepared to look at our own selves as well and i think that by doing that work it really empowers us to not only have those conversations but also to lead more fulfilling lives like now um so that's that's what the course will be juggling we're going to start in the first week really sort of um talking about who we are um, a little bit more deeply than we might do in everyday conversations, getting to know each other a bit and starting to look at our past and our history and what's influenced us up to this point and what beliefs we hold around death and dying, where we find meaning in our lives, um, whether we've got any hang-ups about that, things that don't feel comfortable to us, things that we're absolutely certain of, we'll be exploring all of that. And mm-hmm. then as we move through the course, we'll be looking at the idea of what do we mean by good death, to have a good death? What does that mean for us individually as a community? Um, what does that mean in relation to our friends and family? Um, and what might that look like for us? I mean, obviously I'm not, you can't plan cause you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that people would often talk about in the hospice was about regrets. Um, and I think that's partly what I'm doing with this course as well. It's looking now to, you know, if it comes soon, then what would you regret? What would you, live dif- what would you do differently with your life so that you can start moving forward in a meaningful, conscious way um, to be better prepared, I think? Um, and then, of course, towards the end of the course, we will also be looking at funerals. And I think that's a really interesting one. Um, I've planned my own funeral in, in a lot of detail. I've received my own funeral from another um, who wrote it for me. Um, And, you know, it was a real process, a really touching process to actually witness the idea of my dying. But I think what it helped me do was um, think, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? Um, And, you know, if it happened tomorrow, is there something I need to say to somebody? Is there something I need to resolve? Is there something I need to heal? That's really
1: Yeah. And Um, someone um, on Twitch Twitch is asking for us to explain a little more on. Um, Um, Am I getting a bit of an echo? echo I can't hear an echo. Okay, hopefully it's all right. Um, So, yeah, so just a quick explanation I've put in the the comments um, a link to your course. Uh, So, um, this is a funded course, five weeks, um, about about kind of coming to um to a conscious uh place about death and and how we process that isn't it how we yeah. process dying how we talk about it how we share about that um and uh and and someone else on um on facebook has said that uh, she works with dementia um and um really encourages discussion on choices to try and break the discomfort that people face on the topic and that's I think really important to you know even just having this conversation here um I've got to admit it feels really emotive it, it feels um it feels slightly awkward to be honest <laughs> um and so That just speaks to me even more to say that, actually, these are the conversations we need to be having. You know, this is is something that's very natural. It's very part of life. Um, Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah, comment just appeared. I think, yeah, it's interesting. It is a motive and, you know, it's something I'm very conscious of in holding this course as well, Mm -hmm. that it is a motive for people that we need sensitivity around it we need tenderness with ourselves and with one another as well, because when it comes to beliefs, things can get quite heated, especially, you know, when we've got people on different sides of a a spectrum with belief and what happens next or doesn't happen next. So, you know, all of that is woven into how I'm bringing the course as well. Um, And just something else I wanted to pick up on was that, um, part of my offering this course was realizing that you know in the end of life work i was doing with other people i was perfectly happy to sit down and talk to other people about their death and dying and to facilitate that conversation and 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 support people in that but when it came to myself it was less comfortable Mm -hmm. to really look closely at that um and that's something that keeps coming up in my death cafes is we can kind of talk about it when it's over there happening to somebody else but we can't i'm pointing over out my window (laughs) yeah it's harder to bring it home and talk about it you know close to us Mm -hmm. and and all kinds comes up you know we feel we get superstitious and um you know we feel like we're you know being negative and you know for me it's not that way at all
1: Mm. um yeah that's interesting just just say it
2: oh sorry carolyn I, i was just gonna
1: before you before you do ask the next Um, sort of moving forward question Um, there's something on the on twitch where someone's just asking what what is a interfaith minister Um, could you explain what that means a little bit yeah do my
2: best it's always it's one of those open-ended questions (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the easiest way of of describing an interfaith minister is somebody who works with people of all faiths and no faith Um, that's how I work so for me faith is on a spectrum between people who don't who don't believe in anything people who do believe in something very clear and then everybody else is somewhere on that spectrum with their own very unique set of of beliefs and sense of meaning and purpose in the world and as an interfaith minister it's about listening to the that other person or that community about what's important to them and how they want to bring that into um, the work that we do together which for me often is ceremony um, so weddings, funerals, baby blessings, things like that. It's also the one-to-one work I do with people. And it's about consciously bringing um, our spiritual values um, and our sense of meaning in life into what we do. Um, so uh, one spirit interfaith ministers do all sorts of things in the world. Um, a lot of us do ceremony and counselling work. Um, but the idea is that you take your ministry um and find your most authentic expression in the world. So it might be in being a mother, which has been a journey I've been on the last couple of years. Is how do I bring my my ministry to to being a mum? It might be you know working in a shop. How is it you bring your gift to the world there? It could be anything really. Um,
1: nice, thank you. Over to you, Carolyn.
0: Well, I just wanted to pick up on you mentioned briefly the um, the death cafe, Ronnie, and um, and I'm just thinking. I've, I've come along to one of your death cafe um, meetings, but people might not quite know what that is. And I think you've had some experience, haven't you, of, of running these events for a while now?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm just literally trying to remember the founder's name, and I can't remember his name. I remember <laughs> Jonathan. Can't remember his surname because I always confuse him with somebody else. But yes, so it was created. Um, um, Quite a long time ago now, um, by this chap called Jonathan something, we should look him up. Who <laughs> um, and he wanted to break down the taboos around talking about death and dying, so he came up with this idea for death cafe. Um, it's now a kind of global idea. Um, they they're free or by donation. And the idea is it's supposed to be a really relaxed, um, agenda-free environment where people can meet to talk about death and dying. And there are people in that space who facilitate the circle, but really it's about sitting with a cup of tea and a piece of cake um, and just breaking the taboos, really, Um, and, and seeing where the conversation goes as well. And, you know, having led quite a few now, it can go anywhere from dealing with grief and bereavement to talking about what music you want at your funeral or, you know, supporting people as they support their relatives through the process of dying. Um, so really anything can come up at a death cafe. Um, they're mm. always really interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when is your next one coming up? Is,
2: um, is so there... I'm holding on, on Monday, the 15th of March at okay. 7 o'clock in the evening. It'll be on Zoom. Um, it's on Eventbrite if anybody wants to find it. Um, and we run them at the moment there every other month. So then the next one after that is in May. And I run them with a friend of mine who's a sole midwife um, and palliative care nurse, Diana. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. And I suppose um, the other question that I wanted to ask was about the um, if people sign up for your course, what kind of preparation do they need to make? And and I also thought it's it's helpful to remind so with this particular course you do have to attend don't you the is certainly definitely the first live session yeah. to yeah. then be part of the group yeah um it with some of the other courses are being recorded but that's not the same with this course
2: yeah yeah i think I'm really encouraging people to come to as many of the sessions as they can. I mean, in theory, you can listen to the recording. And if you've got a real reason for not being there, you know, that, that's okay. But what I want the group to do is create this strong container for, for the emotive subject that is death. And I think if you that, you know, we all need to be there for that. And we need to build that trust between us to share what's vulnerable and what's difficult. Mm. Um, so whilst, you know, I realise that some people might not always be able to be there, I'd like to encourage it Um, um, that we will be recording it for those who can't make it. Um, And a big part of it will be the the work that you do in between. Um, And that's the same goes for preparation, really. Um, I think, you know, in the welcome email, there's a reading list or there's some suggested resources, um, which are by no means compulsory. It's just, I know some people love reading. Or like me, I like to buy lots of books and have them on my shelf and hope to read them one day. (laughs) There are some amazing books out there on the subject now, which I think can really open your mind about what's possible um, when it comes to having these conversations um, and offering choices. Um, But I think the best preparation would be for me, I would start journaling and writing down, you know, what what do you feel curious about? What would you like to know more about? And what have you found difficult up till now? What brings you to sign up to do a course like this? starting to get curious about what it is that's calling to you in this work mm. and and what kind of
1: um i mean is this is this for any t- any type of person or or would you say that there's a you know a type of person that you're expecting will sign up for this course
2: Um, I'd like to say there isn't a type of person I really hope there isn't um, because I'd like I would like you know i genuinely would like more and more people to talk about this and my my experience Mm. is that you know the the spectrum of people I've had these conversations with you know because you know through the hospice work and then through my work in the ceremony people often come up to me after weddings and end up talking to me about death and dying I mean I don't know if it's me (laughs) that invites those conversations but I actually find that most people given the right conditions, do want to talk about this sort of thing? Mm. I mean, they may not want to talk about their own death and they might not want to talk about their funeral, but people do want to talk about what matters in life and what's important to them. Um, and yeah. they, they really so. relish those conversations. It's just that it's providing a space for those conversations to happen. And I think we can get a bit awkward and we're more comfortable talking about the weather at a bus stop than we are about, you know, what it means to be alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense.
1: It's so true
2: yeah i mean i think um you know my experience with death cafes is that they do tend to they don't attract a certain sort of person but i think the people who come have normally brushed up against death in some way in their lives perhaps you know immediately or recently and perhaps further away but something in the idea of death death cafe kind of resonates for them they go oh okay there's something here that is calling to me that i want to go deeper with um, or just ask some questions about or find out what other people think about this.
1: Hmm. It's it, it's interesting um, because from my, my background as a CBT therapist, um, obviously, I, you know, I often help people with death anxiety and illness anxiety. And one of the ways that we would look at uh, helping someone with that is to really, you know, face it and think about it and, you know, really examine what it means for them to have... An illness or to die, and and I think you know this work that you're doing. It yes, it, it there's um, it's reaching out to those people who are like feeling a connection to this at the moment. Um, I'd potentially suggest as well, you know, it's reaching out to people who who maybe don't think that they're connected to it or don't want to think about it, but actually by by doing that, by jumping that threshold it's going to be helpful because having those conversations um, just help us. You know, we, if we're anxious about something, then face, talking about it, getting it out in the open is is a really healing way. And, yeah, 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 yeah. so I, I'm yeah. really particularly interested in, in that work and it's fascinating. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, I th- you know, I think to talk about death is to talk about life as well. We can't separate the two.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know? they're so closely interwoven and you know this was really striking for me when I was pregnant and having a child which was all about life and bringing life into the world and yet suddenly my own death and relationships that came really to the fore with me and I had to work with it in a way that I hadn't had to face up until that point even though I'd done lots of hospice work Um, and it changed everything for me. So you know and I'm thinking actually of a chap called Stephen Jenkinson who um, is a works in hospices in the states and he does lots of reading and speaking and has toured the world and he talks about this tribe in south america and he says they don't have a word for grief because it's the same as the word for praise so to grieve life is to praise it and you know Mm. for me that's just so poignant because actually that when we're grieving that's what we're doing you know it's dark and it's difficult but it is a celebration of how much we've loved somebody or something Mm um and that's really for me the essence of this of what i'm trying to do is to bring in that uh, the precious quality of life
0: Hmm. yeah yeah it's nice is there is there anything else you'd want to add to kind of let people know about Mm -hmm. brianie
2: um i mean i think I know for the people who are on the live stream, um, just to say that there's so many amazing resources out there. There's lots of, um, there's so much more than there used to be. Lots of people writing great books and blogs. Um, lots of people who work in end of life, I think, speaking about their experiences and what they've learned. And I think that it's always really valuable to to just dip into them and, and see see what comes up for you. Um, for the people who are thinking about joining the course, I hope I've kind of communicated it in, in, in what I've brought today. But I want to say that, Yes, it will be emotive and and all of those things and sensitive, but I hope that it will be inspiring too. And I hope it will leave people feeling enriched and empowered. And also I hope we'll have fun with it. You know, I want people to bring their sense of humour because you, we need that too.
1: Yes, yeah, really? I totally agree. And even though it's just a, a, a motive and it's, you know, and yes, it's it, it's powerful, it's strong, That the, it doesn't mean it... It's necessarily depressing. Actually, it can be beautiful, and it, yeah, it, it is part of life. And it, you know, and it's it's a cycle, isn't it? The cycle of of how things work, and and there is beauty in that.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. And it's a celebration. I like that. And and gosh, we've got l- loads of comments on on the stream here. <laughs> Lots of interest in this. Um. Uh. So yeah, Lee on Facebook saying the course sounds fascinating um already started collecting some music that I like oh that's yeah, that's
2: that, that's beautiful. a great way in as well if for anybody listening thinking how do I have these conversations with people music for your funeral is one of the things people love to talk about bizarrely because <laughs> like, oh, yeah actually you know some people have got loads of songs and some people like they need a one song that they definitely want and I think for us you know music is such an amazing way for us to express ourselves and who we see ourselves as in the world Yeah,
1: I I had a friend um, who passed away a a few years ago, very suddenly actually, but um, my friend Nikki, um, and uh, she, in in her funeral, um, her family played a song that that they played as we went in that made everyone laugh, because (laughs) it was just so Nikki, (laughs) (laughs) and it was wonderful. Because there we were, you know, half in tears, you know, mourning the loss of a great friend and a truly wonderful person. And then we heard this really comical song that was just so her, that we all just started laughing. Yeah. It, yeah, it's actually making me happy. It was really beautiful, yeah. Um, yeah, lots of interest on the stream. Those of you who are watching you know the, the course is in the in the link there, um, I'd love to talk about this more. Maybe we'll get you on again another time, just to have a good old chat about this.
2: It's a big subject yeah
1: yeah, it was obviously drawing a lot of interest. It's something that that we want to put out there, but I'm going to stop talking now.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: thank you so much. Okay, it was really great chatting to you, Bryony. and uh, yeah, very much looking forward to your course. So yeah, me too. Um, Thank you. Thanks, thanks all for um, watching the the video. will be available, won't it, to rewatch and uh, and come and sign up. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right, bye bye, everyone. At
1: uh,
0: ten o'clock on the Tuesday.
1: That's right, isn't it? It's yeah. um
0: yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 10 o'clock starting next Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye bye.